0: Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to Get Get Jumped. Jumped. Welcome to a special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, the weekly anime podcast where we watch the
1: anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime.
0: This week on Get Jumped, we have a super special guest star and we're going to have a pretty cool conversation that's not about any show in particular.
1: Yeah, usually we talk about uh, an anime movie with um uh, with whoever we're speaking with but this week we're going to be sitting down with the creator of the animated uh, anime motivation.com blog um and talking about how privacy and streaming services are affecting the anime watching community so let's jump in so let's jump in All right, so this week we have a special guest all the way from the UK. Uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yep, I'm Theo Ellis.
2: I'm the owner of AnimeMotivation.com, basically a site that focuses on anime quotes and life lessons, um, and just you know inspirational content for anime fans. Also with you know, recommendations and just that kind of content. It's partnered with sites like Crunchyroll, Utaku, Good Smile Company. And a couple of others that you might know of. And yeah, that
1: yeah. That's
2: basically it. Oh cool.
1: Um so we were actually uh before we started recording, we were talking about how we uh it, it seems it seems uh a lot of us um kinda used uh Dragon Ball Z as our like way into anime. And it sounds like we've all been watching for for basically since then, right? So um, did you, did you decide to start your blog after like you, you started watching Dragon Ball Z or did you give it a couple of years for it to kind of like bubble up?
2: Well, it's funny how it worked actually. I mean, I've been watching Dragon Ball Z since I was a kid and, um, at some point when I was in high school, we were talking like 2004, 2005, six. Around that time, I kind of just stopped watching anime for whatever reason. And then, um... I didn't really get back into it until 2014, 2015. And mm-hmm. that was actually on a recommendation from a friend. Like, he, he knew that I liked Dragon Ball Z. And at that point, I only watched Dragon Ball Z. And he thought I'd like Bleach because it has similarities. And yeah. I got into that. I watched the whole thing. And that kind of, you know, gave me, gave me the idea and inspiration to start my own, like, you know, business around anime. And, that's, cool. um, that's basically how it all came together. It's funny how everything came back full circle. Yeah. Like I kind of stopped watching it for years, and then my friend recommended me an anime. I watched that, and yeah,
0: there we are. That's fairly similar for me. I was I, I would watch it periodically and kind of pick at this show or that. But one of the reasons we started our show, um, the, this podcast, was so that I would have an excuse to watch anime more frequently. So it's kind of like uh, I think for us the the content creation motivated that a little bit more, or at least for me. But it's kind of funny that we have that that sort of uh, rejuvenation of anime in our lives,
2: leading to creating this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. It does give you a good excuse to, uh, you know, uh, create content, and obviously watch anime so you can create the content (laughs) as well. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, I. I can still remember staying up until like ridiculous hours, just watching all of Bleach that I could, because I came into it like they they had just stopped putting out new episodes of Bleach, like right after uh, the the Saverukia arc, and I was just like, I was just like main lighting Bleach for like six days.
2: (laughs) Gosh, it's fair.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um so uh, one of the things that we were we were going to go ahead and talk about um today while while we have you on here usually we cover um like different anime genre uh episodes or we're covering like uh a, a series or a movie uh, but you threw out this really interesting um uh thought behind it which was to do an episode about a little bit of the culture of anime specifically how people get their anime to begin with Um, so, uh, the streaming services, both like legal and illegal and how they, they kind of came up. Um, so if you can go ahead and just like, uh, talk a little bit about like what
2: you feel about the different kind of streaming services. Um, so I guess I'll start with Crunchyroll since they are a partner after all. Um, I mean, Crunchyroll is great. It's clearly the biggest legal streaming site, you know, in the world and, um, or at least here in the West, and they've got a lot of content. I mean, there's something around, I think it's just under a 1,000 shows they've got in the entire catalogue, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the site itself, it is usable, and, you know, you can kind of watch all the latest anime and stuff like that, but I think the challenge for Chiro or just legal streaming sites in general, I face that is, you know, bringing older shows the platform not just the brand new ones because not everybody wants to necessarily yeah. just watch brand new anime all the time like everyone has to right now yeah and i think that's where piracy comes into the picture
0: so. yeah actually kind of going back to dragon ball z i've been wanting to re-watch it and i've been looking on the streaming services that i have access to which is the netflix hulu amazon and crunchyroll and i can't find it Dragon Balls on one of mm-hmm. them uh, and GT is available and I think Super is available but not Z and it's like that's kind of yeah. a huge omission and maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm bad at Google but I think that definitely sort of leads people down the path of less legality.
2: That's exactly it. I mean me personally yeah. all the anime I've watched there's no way I could have watched all of them, if I just use Crunchyroll or Funimation, I mean Funimation even worse mm-hmm. technically because they have less content than Crunchyroll, so it's even more difficult, but, um, and especially because obviously their model is different, um, with Crunchyroll you can watch anime whether, you, whether you're you signed up or not, um, with ads on the side until you sign up, and then Funimation is kind of a, you have to sign up period to use it, and yeah. it's minimal minimal content as it is, so. I mean, if it wasn't for piracy, I wouldn't be able to watch so many older shows that I've missed out on. Like, I, I never watched stuff like Slayers. Um, Slayers, um, even stuff like Sailor Moon and Inuyasha. I never got to watch that when I was growing up. and I didn't really know of it. I only watched it a couple of years ago and if it wasn't for Pirates, I wouldn't have been able to watch it at all.
1: Yeah I, I sort of I sort of wonder if there's there's an open if, if it's been kind of this open season with anime, especially older stuff uh, with, with that more often just because of how tightly gripped I think uh, Funimation or some of the older companies that um, that had the original property and probably still own the rights to and how much they haven't given up those rights to other streaming services.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. that's 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 something I talk about a lot, actually, myself. Um, like with the content I, I create, it. I think licenses, um, there's a bit of a problem there with how everything's set up with licensing. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, that's what's created this whole kind of problem, you know, to begin with, because licenses are so strict. I mean, like Crunchyroll, for example, they'll hold on to an anime maybe three years, five years, even for animation too. Or it could be even less time. And then once they kind of, once the license kind of run out, then, you know, that's kind of the end of it. And you can't watch January ever again, unless you kind of get it on DVD and not even all DVDs, as you guys know, are available outside of Japan. Yeah. And and they a, are a lot of them are
0: really expensive compared to buying a season of a show. That's not available. exactly,
2: exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's,
0: Talking I mean, yeah, like
2: here it's, here it's like £40, pound, £50. Pound. And in the US, it's, I guess it's kind of $60, something
0: like that. Yeah, they, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy because I there's a lot of anime that I would own, but it's too expensive. I own Cowboy Bebop, and then if you count Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, I have those. And I have a ton of other TV shows, but those are the only anime or anime adjacent if you're a purist that i've got <laughs> because they're too expensive and for the you know for avatar and cora they're at american prices because they're an american animated show they're really cheap whereas like you know looking yeah. at i don't know you look at like a a season of my hero academia which i look at all the time when i go into fye is like 25 dollars for like 13 episodes which i guess is like fine if it's used but usually it's higher and higher and it's like (laughs) you know i'm getting entire season you know you can get the entire series of avatar for 30 bucks like doesn't feel very good to get very few episodes for so high a cost
1: yeah i i also i also wonder how how like actually viable the commercial market is going to be for streaming anime because it seems that most of these people that have been watching anime for a really long time especially in the united states i don't know about the uk as much but they've gotten really really used to not having to look at commercials and just being able to run a whole bunch of episodes in a row so they're either going to go like the dvd route and spend a lot of money or they're going to go a streaming route and even the streaming routes uh such as like hulu and crunchyroll with their commercial like their commercial side of it so like you can watch it if you watch a bunch of commercials throughout every episode they have seen like a market drop in in viewership versus like the people that are willing to like pay instead of watching commercials so I just don't I don't know if there's a market for it really when you know with are you trying
0: to suggest that people would rather pirate
1: than watch the commercials of a, a
0: legal source. <laughs>
1: I honestly think that people would pay more to watch a streaming service than even deal with pirating as long as the streaming service was like rel- relatively um, big yeah. I, I actually looked up the numbers for for um, for like Hulu anime um, and Hulu Anime has uh, a larger subscription base that is non-commercial. So, like the people that pay for like the I don't have to watch commercial Hulu. Um, it, it, there is a a large community of anime watchers that have Hulu specifically for that and are paying more for that. So, I mean, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't push further
2: into it. Uh, I've said the same thing. With, I was, was interrupt, but yeah, I've said the same thing uh, myself. I mean. If, if the value is there for the service, people people will pay. But okay. at the moment, there's no value at all. I mean, you're getting a few hundred shows at best at any given time. And most of the shows, like I said before, are brand new ones. And not everybody wants to watch new stuff, which is why they go to Pirate sites to watch all the older stuff and the classics and anything else that Crunchyroll, Funimation or whoever else can't get a hold of.
0: Yeah, mm. uh, I think uh, as as somebody who uses Crunchyroll a lot and does not pay for it, the commercials are the worst. <laughs> they are horrible, <laughs> and Crunchyroll does a really bad job of integrating them into the shows. They just like happen in the middle of a sentence, <laughs> like not at commercial breaks at all. And there's there's always just like three commercials. There's, like, three per break, and there's also, like, three total that you're gonna see at any one time, so you just have to sit through the same commercial, sometimes back-to-back for, like, a while. It's great, because you can go use the bathroom or whatever, but, like, it's really fucking annoying, and also it causes the app to crash sometimes. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It my app crashed so many times. We were uh we were doing this other crossover episode where we were watching this movie that was just completely impossible to find, but just happened to be on Crunchyroll, um, called Towards the Terra. Um and uh like while I was watching it, every time it would go to commercial break, it would show me the commercials and then crash. So <laughs> I would have to watch the commercials before it crashed, and I was just like, Oh man, I wish you had crashed before. Yeah, and then if you reload it
0: at the commercial spot, it'll show you the commercials again, because that's where the commercials are. And then crash again. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I totally get it. Like I'm able to sort of muddle my way through Crunchyroll, and luckily for us, maybe unluckily for Crunchyroll, none of the shows that we're watching right now are exclusive to Crunchyroll, except I think the current arc of Hunter x Hunter just switched to Crunchyroll because it ends at a random spot on Hulu.
1: Yeah, uh, have you noticed that when you've been watching any of like the the shows you've been watching in the UK, where like they will stop at a very random break inside of the the animation cycle, um, on like Netflix or Hulu? We just experiences with Hunter X Hunter, and it doesn't make any sense why they broke at this point. It's in the middle of an arc. Like, there's not even a hang
2: up. Yeah, like,
0: there's a few episodes into an arc that has
2: established the stakes, and then it just ends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like an extreme version of YouTube, but less classy, I guess. I mean, because, of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because of YouTube, I mean, at least you know when it's going to come, it even shows up the little mark or whatever, and, and it's, not as, it's not as intrusive and um, it's not as random compared to, obviously, Hulu or Crunchyroll or Netflix. I mean, I, I think that's that's what it is. It's just a more extreme, less classy version of yeah. youtube but it's yeah. also
1: yeah.
2: weird what? i
0: like is this a rights issue like how do they have the rights to like 85 percent of a show but not the last little bit and then like we were able to jump over to crunchyroll which has all of hunter x hunter and i've been watching it there but it's like what's the situation why don't they have the whole thing
2: yeah yeah i i mean I've, I've, on Hula's part, I'm, I'm not sure, but I know with Crunchyroll, I mean, they're getting all. They, I assume they're getting all the best deals. They're getting all the best um, opportunities because obviously they're they're the biggest streaming service in the West, and um, I think it's they got is it three million subscribers, something like that, three million paying paying subscribers. So mm-hmm. I guess that affords them opportunities to have everything included, as opposed to You
1: know, eighty percent, nine percent, or whatever. Yeah. So to kind of pivot away from like the commercial aspect of it, um, I wanted to talk about uh, how incredibly popular the the new shows when they moved to Netflix are, Um, and. Uh, specifically JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, so I was doing some research on it, and they were talking about this just massive uptick of people that have been talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as soon as they were put on Netflix, which like begs the question, like, is, is Netflix so powerful and so ubiquitous now that... If you put your show onto there, it can kind of break through even though it had its own like private fan base.
2: You know, it is a good question actually. Because, like, I, I'm a regular user of Korra, um, like for the website and everything, and you know, I've a really big following on there, um, for anime and everything. And the moment Neon Genesis Evangeline, you know, came up on there, just like you said, I noticed a lot of people were talking about it, so mm-hmm. it. it really is a good question. I think Netflix, Netflix just being Netflix, you know, like the biggest you know streaming service in the world and all that kind of stuff. I think they do have some leverage, some you know recognition there, and I think that helps somewhat. Whereas even though world is purely anime, and Netflix isn't, the, the fact that Netflix is so big, everybody uses it. I think I think there's something going on there that that. Gives off that kind of effect, and think about that happen, like moving on the yeah, genesis. Well, I think
0: it. Whichever it, anime. I think it might come down to that. Netflix is a subscription service that people have to watch all kinds of things, mm. whereas Crunchyroll is just yeah. for anime. So if you're not already an anime fan, and indeed a large enough anime fan to use a service that is solely dedicated to that medium, then you know. Crunchyroll's not going to have those kinds of numbers because people aren't going to all be into anime in the way that they are into just general television entertainment. But Netflix has the power to say, like, hey, you might be interested in this even though it's an anime and you might not otherwise look at it. But we know, based off of what you've been watching, that you might like this. And also, uh, I think Neon Genesis Evangelion... Definitely to a lesser extent, JoJo's, but I think Attack on Titan for a while had this kind of like name recognition, where even if you're not an anime fan, I know when Attack on Titan came out, like everybody watched it, and like people that well when it was on Netflix, yeah, people too.
1: That, not just like when it got right, added, people that like didn't when it watch, got added at
0: yeah people that didn't watch anime would watch Attack on Titan and talk about how great it was, and I think Neon Genesis has that kind of like enough recognition like if you're not an anime fan and i talk to you about neon genesis you might not know what i'm talking about but if you see it it might tick something in your brain of like oh yeah i've heard about this and i think they have that opportunity like gather non-anime watchers to watch their anime and that helps kind of boost those numbers
1: yeah especially like Especially like the people that have been getting really upset by the relationship between Shinji and Asuka inside of Evangelion, that had never seen like any anime before, and they were just kind of like, "What is this? What is this kid doing in the middle of the night?" And I was just like, uh, "I know it's it's Being hard to an watch." Anime and also the people that are just like, "Yeah," and other people that are just like, "How terrible is your father? Not as terrible as Shinji's father." That's
2: that's an accurate read. I, I, I actually yeah. haven't watched it personally but I, I, I know of all these arg- arguments, cause I see them all the time and I mean just being in the anime community certain things you just know even if you haven't actually watched it um, but, but yeah. as far as Netflix you know our conversation about Netflix, I think also Netflix has so much data compared to Crunchyroll because like you said they've got all kinds of shows on there have that, mm-hmm. their recommendation engine and everything else that they've got working behind the scenes, is going to be so much better, and that's going to give people, you know, better, you know, better experiences, and which leads them to, let's say, watch the Genesis even if they haven't watched it, or even if they're not necessarily into anime. Compared to compared mm-hmm. to roles, you know, overall experience with the website and the streaming platform, I think that plays a little into the tip. Yeah, Crunchyroll
0: definitely does not seem to use any algorithms or data tracking to try and suggest anything to you. Like navigating it is not very easy. You have to want to find what you're looking for and probably search for it all the time. Like even stuff that you've watched and want to continue watching is not the easiest to get to, as compared to things like Netflix or Hulu, where it's very clearly marked. Um actually yeah. Amazon's kind of the same so way, it not make it that easy.
1: Well, Amazon has the worst UI Yeah, well, it's because they're like, Their user interface it's is because they built up from
0: an online bookstore and they can't get out from yeah. under that. But <laughs> 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 well,
2: well, then they've got, they've, got, they've got the, I mean, Amazon's got the user experience stuff. So like, you know, with a big search bar and you can actually find anything, I think. Crunchyroll, um, I don't think is as good as when it comes to that. And, and that's the thing with Paris because obviously we're, we're talking about that as well Funimation is even worse than Crunchyroll's website I mean it's, it's it's not only got less anime but it's just I mean it looks it looks a lot better than Crunchyroll but mm-hmm. it's not very functional in particular I mean just just from what mm-hmm. I tried for self and I think that's just Streaming site, anime streaming sites in general, there's also another anime streaming site I'm thinking of, um, it's in, it serves New Zealand and Australia, I think it's called, um, Anime Lab, that's what it's called. I think they they have something going on there, but they only cater to New Zealand and Australia, so that's kind of their weakness, if you will.
1: So... I sort of I sort of had a moment where I was like, I know this is bad of me, but I'm like, I wish that there was one streaming service that just had a monopoly on the different anime communities. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, can I please just have it in one space? <laughs> and then I kind of
0: feel like that about all streaming services, because, you know, now there's like every fucking TV channel wants to do their own streaming service and take all their shit off of Netflix, which has been the hub. And it's like, I get it and I can't disagree with you from a business perspective, but as a consumer, like I strongly disagree and there's a very small chance that like, even something like the office that I love very dearly going to your streaming service is not going to be enough to get my attention. Um,
2: I've had, I've had some similarities myself and from, you know, fans of talk to and whatever. Like, I think the thing with, Piracy is, um, I think, just Japan in general, actually. So, like, one thing I've mentioned is if Japan had, had its own version of Hollywood, let's say, someone, someone called it Jollywood, <laughs> <This is pretty> <laughs> <tough>. <laughs> then, then I think from a piracy point of view, to be able to, like, you know, merge together, collaborate better, and just create an overall better service um for mm-hmm. streaming. I mean that's kind of
0: one idea that's come across my mind. Yeah. Well, so there's an interesting idea behind um illegal streaming and pirating and stuff like that. Um and it's been a few years since I've read about this, so I don't think it's changed uh but I I do think it's been affected by streaming services and it's going to go back the other way again. So um Pirating, this came up a lot when Game of Thrones first came out, and pirating was really exploding, and that was the most pirated show. And the issue with pirating is an, a question of availability, where people want to watch a thing, but if it's too spread out or too hard to get or too exclusive, that leads them to toward pirating so with with game of thrones it was this huge hit show everybody was watching it and talking about it but not everybody had an hbo subscription or access to it and in fact especially when it first came out you had to have i think a tv subscription in order to get hbo and then only if you had the hbo subscription could you legally stream it and it was just like there's a lot of hoops to go through and like who the fuck wants tv in the first place so they, they kind of, they looked at this and, and at how pirating had been affecting the TV industry and the film industry before that. And you sort of see that like people that are pirating things, they're not doing it because they don't want to pay for it necessarily. But there is an element of like, there's sort of a breaking point of where I'm already paying for enough things. It's the reason why I'm not paying for Crunchyroll because I already have multiple streaming services and I am i don't feel like right now in my life I can justify paying for another one. Especially not one, one that my fiancé is not going to use. Because he's not an anime person. And so it's like... You get to this aspect of availability where if it's behind a paywall, people won't go to it. Or they will find a way around the paywall. Versus when it's available. And I think we've seen pirating go down as a few streaming services have emerged and we've got hulu amazon netflix and hbo are like the streaming services but now disney's coming onto the scene and we're getting like warner brothers is doing their own thing dc is doing their own thing and it's like there is a schisming that's going to look more less like the streaming world that we've been in and more like the uh, cable television channels that your parents have at their house and having to like mm-hmm. flip through them except they are all streaming services and you're buying them a la carte. And that is a better model than cable, but it's a worse model than the one we have now. And it's not very consumer friendly. And I think we are going to see across the board a, a return to pirating as things become more and more decentralized. And people are less and less likely to pay yeah. for those things. Uh, the best thing yeah. those streaming services can do is do a Crunchyroll and make you allowed to watch it with commercials, so they're still getting paid, but you're not having to pirate it. Because I watched like if something's on Crunchyroll, I'll watch it and I'll push through the commercials and hate every second of it. But I'd rather do that than pirate it. And yeah. that that was the other aspect of the study was that people who are pirating things would rather do it the legal way, but if they can't afford to. Or in the case of a lot of movies um, at that time, they weren't available to stream anywhere. And so it's like if you can't stream it somewhere, you can get it online quicker and easier often than you can get a physical copy. Um, And they also found that people who pirate things tend to buy them if they like those things. So it actually works (laughs) out well for the companies. But I think that the exclusivity and the decentralization is really going to start to hurt. The television industry in a way that streaming had stopped the hurting and i think they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot in their attempts to get in on the profits yeah in the long term i don't know how anime yeah. is going to be affected by that since it's a much smaller <laughs> fan base
2: that's yeah. an interesting point you made actually um about people still buying regardless um of pirating because when I, I, I ran all kinds of polls and stuff like that. Um, and I've had people come back and say the exact same thing that despite them using sites like, let's say, Kiss Anime and Pirate and Anime, um, they still buy merchandise. You know, they go and buy merchandise, figurines, and just other ways that help them sort of invest back into the industry. A buy back into the industry you
1: know yeah. firing so yeah. it's true yeah i kind of feel the i kind of feel the same way about how they should really start doing it in a in a much like the the entertainment side of things is really drawing them in less money from ad revenue um than uh than they 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 seem to take away from it right now um Like the biggest example I can think of is uh, uh, there's a show called Full Frontal with Sam B., Um, She releases her entire episode every single week the day after it comes out on YouTube. And she does it with YouTube uh, ads that are attached and monetized to it. And so they make their ad revenue from the night before and then the day after. So you can either watch it live or you can watch it the day after on YouTube. And you're getting those two ad ad revenues that way. And the the amount of name recognition for this show is so much higher than other shows well you even like the daily show yeah. right now her show is getting more name recognition because it is so easy to watch same thing
0: with um with last week tonight with john oliver is his entire yeah. episodes are not available however the the episodes themselves are like a half hour and his segments are like 18 to 22 minutes so mm-hmm. basically the entire episode and certainly the main point of the episode is available to stream for free on YouTube. And like, I don't have HBO, but I watch John Oliver all the time and I yeah. love John Oliver's stuff. And like, I'm not upset to watch a commercial before it. And I think that goes back to the question of availability where it's like, you know, they made it available on HBO, but also on YouTube. And those are two different ways to get money in two different ways. But like I'm not pirating his show because I can watch it.
2: Yeah, and that leads me to a question. Actually, um, if let's say if it's, it's an idea I've been playing around with, but let's say if I don't know Kyoto Animation, Madhouse, you know all these kind of anime studios, whichever one you favourite, if they started their own sort of, let's say, think of it as a YouTube channel. Where they kind of publish their, their their shows and you know what's coming out and stuff like that. Would would you buy into a model like that? Like you um, know, it's, it's essentially direct to consumer.
0: So from my perspective, well, on a personal note, I haven't had a lot of extra cash the last year. So that's definitely been a factor in why I haven't purchased a premium subscription to Crunchyroll because I can't really justify the expense, especially, again, since it's not something that my house would use. It would be just me in the house. Uh, and if they were a schisming among the anime companies in the similar way as the production companies here in America, I, it would really depend on their model if they were making it available on YouTube, like these, uh, these shows that we were just talking about, then that's a really easy, accessible place to go. It's something that you don't have to pay, pay for. And, uh, the other key element to this is it's an app that I already have on all of the, on my TV, on my phone, it's something that I've got. And I think that's That's one element of it is that the more services there are that are asking you to pay before you can access their content at all, the less likely I am like the more choosy I'm going to be where it's like I I'm now making a decision between can I live with this or can I live without it? And, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the value of the content has to be high enough that to me that I want it. Like I said, The Office is one of my favorite shows of all time. And they have already announced that they're going to be removing it from Netflix in a couple of months to put it on the like NBC streaming service. And I don't give a shit about the NBC streaming service. And I am not interested. And as much as I love The Office and to watch it all the time and love to rewatch it, I'm just going to get the DVDs if I want to see it instead of buying into their streaming service. The same thing would be true mm-hmm. for anime, although the price barrier on anime dvds is higher and you it's a lot harder to walk into a store that sells dvds in america and pick up a random anime as compared to something like the office and so i think with anime they can't really justify the schism partly because they don't have a high enough market share as compared to the just streaming everything services like netflix um, it's like Crunchyroll isn't big enough that you can start to break it into pieces and still have profit. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, if it were, if it didn't overcome those other challenges, I think I would be pushed into piracy because I can't afford to buy the legal way. I can't afford to have all these subscriptions or, you know, I can't be paying a hundred dollars a month for, you know, 20 different subscription services. And I don't have the time to watch the ones that I've got now. So adding another one is, you know, there's the price component. There's the amount of time that I want to spend watching versus the amount of time that I actually have to spend watching, which are really different numbers. And then there's also a space issue of apps on my phone. I don't, you know, I don't want to use up all my memory downloading 30 different video streaming apps and I also don't want to have to organize them on my phone screen, or have to scroll through a million different things in my settings to try and get to one. Um, and there's other little things as to like whether or not it's available on a smart TV, or if you can Chromecast it, or whatever. But like, I think those big things is the more schisming you see, the the more it comes down to how easily can I access this on something I already have. If I can't access it on something I already have, can I get it without paying? And how much time and space am I willing to devote to getting that thing versus the cost of simply not watching that thing at all?
2: That's and, it. I mean, with, I was going to say, with, with, the more you add, the more you've got to manage it all, too. And that becomes a headache in itself.
0: Yeah. And then the the management system of things that you have pirated is pretty easy. you got a computer. You put the things on the computer, it's in a file. Uh, so the, the more complicated and disparate that things become in their legal viewing streams, I think the more people are being pushed back into piracy. And the industry for anime has done a really good job of adjusting to piracy by doing um, simulcasts. So you get new episodes a day later or even an hour later in some instances. And that's amazing and really smart of them and really necessary. And I think it's curbed piracy a lot, but part of that also comes down to availability, which is kind of, mm-hmm. I think, one of the cores of the question.
2: And, and that yeah. on that point, that, that also makes me think about, um, like, you know, licensing, depending on where you are in the world. So like here in the UK, if I go on for animation, for example, some shows that I'll try to watch, it'll say something like, sorry, this is not available in your country. And yeah. uh... that happens a lot, you know, in all kinds of different countries when it comes to anime, like India is a very big, um, country with, you know, a lot of anime fans and, um, they have the same trouble over there. Like it's just, it's just not available. Huh. They can't watch it. And. That pushed them to piracy, obviously, because if you can't watch and it's not available, then you're going to go where it is available. So um, I think licensing, I think something needs to just change with licensing because that's kind of creating all these problems you know, with, with availability and being able to view it or not, depending on which country you're in. And there's all the complications that come with that, with, that have nothing to do with the consumer, but more to do with the business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's I think that's kind of counterintuitive to like growing like growing the anime fan base at the begin with. Every time you put a roadblock in the way, you're preventing somebody that may have become a future viewer and tells more people to view this thing as well. Like it it's just putting another thing that they have to jump through uh, before it can become bigger and more widespread. Yeah. And I mean, I I think I I think, you know, the the biggest chance that you saw of it was when they originally did tsunami inside of the United States and it was because like most of these people inside of the United States if you were in a very very niche market. If you knew about anime before Fun uh, before, um, Toonami started. So like, if you know, uh, I remember when I was uh, really young before I watched anything on Toonami, I watched uh, uh, the Ronin Warriors on a VHS that my friend had happened to find at a garage sale and we were like what is this amazing thing where did it come from how have i never heard about this none of my friends know about it at school and i'm until toonami came along and i was just like this is it this is what i've been talking about for like a year how does nobody know about this and this is the same thing with the streaming services where it's just like you can get you can get parts of it now, but I mean, if your show can't break through and they can't deign it to give it a license, a lot of people are going to miss out on a lot of these like classic shows or these shows that are very niche and small that can't get onto the bigger streaming services.
0: Yeah. And I know that I am not a licensing genius, but I look (laughs) at things like I'm going to use the office again as an example because it's really easy. Like to me, If you want to start your own streaming service, what they're trying to do with The Office is get exclusivity and draw people in with a show that they know that they want to watch and realizing that they can only watch it in that place. And uh, I think that's the wrong way to go about it. And I think it's a problem of our sort of like capitalistic greed mixed with licensing snafu where, like, if I was the owner of the office and I wanted to start my own service, maybe I would. But I would still let Netflix pay me for it also.
1: <laughs> and... Yeah, that doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, I don't
0: understand why if you own the license. Now, I understand that part of licensing, sometimes companies like that will negotiate exclusivity. And they'll pay more to get exclusivity. And that's a conversation in and of itself. But I think that, like, yeah, you should just, like like let people watch it. The the point is like to me as a content creator, the point of creating content is for people to consume it, not to play like hide the the episode with various streaming services, which kind of I don't know. When people like went like one of the reasons I'm rejecting the idea of the NBC streaming service outright is because they're pulling their good shows and to me that's greedy. Whereas like you look at like what Netflix did, they they were the early adopters of the streaming model, so they had a big advantage there. But they also were the first streaming service to make their own shit. And the shit they made was really good. They had House of Cards, they had Orange is the New Black, they had a couple of big flagship shows that got people's attention and got everybody talking and got people to subscribe to Netflix. And it's like, that's what you do. You don't like hide your good stuff behind a paywall. You make new stuff and entice people to come into your playgrounds
2: i, the first, but I yeah. think that
0: <laughs> anime does have a challenge because it doesn't have as much of a reach and i think anime doesn't have the power to gatekeep itself and you'll you'll see a lot of the stuff that's on crunchyroll is also on those other streaming services which is great and really nice but like not allowing it in different regions or you know fighting over who gets to have it it's ultimately comes down to making it harder on the consumer and the harder you make it on the consumer, the more likely that consumer is to consume it in a way that doesn't profit anyone. And that's, yeah. what's, and
2: that's what's crazy yeah. about the anime industry. Um, you, you see a lot of... You see the industry blaming people for parroting anime, but the fact that we're parroting it is because they haven't got the shit together. I mean, it's nothing... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, um, that, that's really it <laughs> i mean it, <laughs> well if you gave me it i
1: wouldn't have to go and steal exactly, it
2: <laughs> ex- exactly exactly they're the blaming the wrong the wrong person the person should be blaming is themselves like they should should be looking at you know the structure of the industry where it is right now where it's gone what they're doing and come, come up with a way to solve the problem because pointing fingers are what they do these days is to shut down pirate sites isn't going to work i mean it's kind of like playing a game of whack a mole yeah that's that's, that's essentially what they're doing but the difference is they're trying to shut down thousands and thousands of websites which is impossible because it's easy it's so easy to you know basically start a pirate website upload tons of anime and you could you could do it in the dozens single-handedly and a lot of people are doing this every day so the folks on the wrong problem also, then they need to they'll take yeah, and kind of look at the mirror and it's also figure out what they need to do.
0: The other thing about pirating and the reason I think that it was so high at the beginning of the streaming era and why I suspect it's going to become a larger and larger issue as we move into the decentralized streaming area is that. It is the consumers telling you what they want and you, the business, not listening. And like part of running a business is offering the best product that you can to your consumers. And part of it is listening to the people who are buying your thing when they tell you that the thing that you're that they're buying isn't exactly what they want and deciding whether or not to pivot to that thing. And so from my perspective, it's like, you know, if you like, like, and the anime industry has a great example of this anime was being created. It was being released in on DVD. It was being sometimes released on streaming, but the people who are like the super fans that are really bought in are watching it on the day that it premieres in Japan. And by the time the official release comes out, they're in a different arc and they've already seen it and they don't want to watch it. Uh, but now you get simulcasts and that was the industry saying like we have a problem with people pirating and instead of being like we need to shut down all the pirate sites they asked themselves the question of why are people doing this and is it a problem that we're maybe making on accident that we could solve and then they came up with an idea to do simulcasts which is as we talked to I know we talked to a couple of voice actors at Anime Central recently who said that doing simulcasts is hard and it's more work than voice acting used to be, but it is what they needed to do to turn that around for the industry. And as far as I know, they did turn it around a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well. Well, cool. Um, I I think uh, we are about out of time. Um, can you uh, can you give us a, a quick rundown of how uh, people can find your blog if they want to follow you?
2: Yeah. So. On, there's Twitter at anime motivate. So anime, then just motivate. And then uh, there's the same on our channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and, and then you can go to the website, animemotivation.com. And also, there's, awesome. you know, if anybody's interested in Cora um, the national slash anime motivation. slash anime motivation. That's it. Awesome. Oh,
1: Awesome. Well, it's been awesome to talk to you. Thank you so much for suggesting that we talk about this. It's been kind of like a, like a, a good round table. And if any of the streaming services are listening to us, I believe we've given you some ideas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big problem and it's got to be solved otherwise, who knows what the future of the anime is you know, keep, keep going down. Yeah. yeah. It's been good, Yeah well anyways
1: thank you so much again for being on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions with sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions he's our level 6 sound wizard level up our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way if you want to keep it that way too please consider supporting us on patreon
0: follow us on twitter at b and s get jumped
1: like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash blake and spencer get jumped or
0: talk to us on reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped
1: if you like the show please like subscribe and leave a review reviews help other listeners find our show new episodes come out every sunday on itunes google play stitcher
0: buzzsprout
1: or wherever you get your podcast from
0: and hey